guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is, oh, it's Valentine's weekend. It's Friday, February 12th. Uh, good old Valentine's Day coming up on Sunday, and um, welcome to it. And I have to tell you that I know if you are following my Instagram page, I posted over a week ago now um, the topic of this podcast. It's taken me a bit to get to it. Um, and I don't post a lot about my family. I, I do like to keep that a little bit private. But what I will tell you is um, there is a soon-to-be three-year-old in charge lately around here. And with the pandemic and preschool and bitter cold temperatures, it's been hard for me to sneak into and lock myself into the closet. But in any event, I am here today. So let's get into this. If you, again, if you followed me on Instagram... If you don't, you should uh, follow me at What's Next with Lisa. You can follow me on Twitter, too, at What's Next with Lisa. But I posted a quote from another page that I follow, but I added my own two cents to it. And the quote was, the day you finally say fuck it and let go of the person you've been pointlessly holding on to is the day your life gets a whole lot better. And I loved that quote. But what I wanted to add to it was, why not let go of the version of yourself that was holding on to that person or that's not working too? And that quote really got me thinking about change and moving forward, grieving relationships, grieving and changing into different stages of our lives. And I, you know, I want to dedicate an episode to that because I think that it's something a lot of us struggle with and in relationships, maybe even professionally. And when we can finally say, hey, I've got to let go of this person that I've been holding on to, to ourselves, we're basically saying to ourselves, I've got to let go of this version that isn't working for me. Um, You know, and that's maybe the version that is uncomfortable with emotions. Maybe it's the version that self-sabotages, self-medicates. And when you can get accountable to what you're hanging on to and the things that aren't working, that's when you get to let go of the version of yourself that's not working. So it really is like holding on to a toxic ex, right? Or a toxic relationship where you hear a lot of people say, God, I never knew how heavy it was or how bad it was until I finally got out. And then it's like I was free. It's the same thing with letting go of the version of yourself that's not working. And to do that, though, you have to acknowledge what isn't working and what doesn't feel good. And what I have a lot of people ask me in private practice is, well, where do I start? How do I get there? I don't even know what to do or what I need. And, you know, the first step to that is, first of all, self-compassion being patient with yourself as you figure it out. I'm sure a lot of you are sick of me hearing me say hearing me say that, but that truly is the foundation of moving through change with a little bit of grace and not making everything so painful and difficult. When you can soften your approach to yourself, when you can look at a version of yourself, maybe like looking back Maybe it's because you were in a bad relationship and you're mad that you stayed for so long. Maybe you were self-medicating with alcohol or cigarettes or other substance. You know, when you can look back on that person and have compassion for them 
and understand that that was the version of you doing the best that they could, doing what they thought they needed at the time. That's how you learn to let go of that version and move forward. And so what I want to get into next is just some step-by-step stuff, some work for you to do at home to kind of put this in perspective. And um, to do that, I think the first place you need to do or the first place you need to go is backward. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because oftentimes we talk about moving forward and doing the, you know, moving forward and not looking back and not having regrets. However, if you don't understand why you were doing something, you'll never understand or have compassion for the version of you that was doing it. So for example, you know, if let's say, um, you know, you're in a relationship right now that's not working and you don't know why you can't get out or why you're not leaving, I want you to look back to the version of you that got into it. And I want you to be really honest with yourself. And maybe it was great in the beginning and then it went bad and it's been toxic for a while. That's the version of yourself where I want you to ask yourself, what did that person need? Or why was that person hurting so much that they thought it was a good choice to stay? Why was that version of me thinking that that was okay? And then I want you to love that version of you. I want you to have compassion for that version of you. And then look at the version that you are today and really take note of the growth and evolution that you've had throughout the course of that time. Um, Something that I always talk about with clients who are dealing with substance, um, alcohol. I've had some clients that want to quit cigarettes. Anything that they know instinctively isn't healthy. The first place we need to start is not, hey, it's time to quit. The first place I start with people is saying, I want you to look back on the version of yourself that started drinking in the first place, that felt like they needed to do that to either have confidence or mask emotions or fit in, right? Or maybe if it's, you know, cigarettes, the the person that was stressed or tried one once and got hooked, look back to that very vulnerable place And I want you to have compassion for the version of you that thought that that was a good idea and forgive them. You know, in order to move forward, you have to forgive yourself. You can't stay mad at yourself forever. And it's like staying mad at somebody else and hoping things change. It's not the same. You know, it's not going to happen. And so I really, really want you to look back. And even if you say, no, it was all my fault. I knew better. I shouldn't have been in the relationship. I shouldn't have been drinking. I shouldn't have um, taken his phone call or, or her text messages, whatever it is. Should, should, should. You guys know what I say. Should and shouldn't are rooted in shame. And what I want you to get in the habit of doing is talking in absolutes. So for example, rather than saying, I shouldn't have taken the phone call. I want you to say, I took the phone call because I still hoped that maybe that person would change. I'm going to have compassion for myself and be proud of myself for hoping for the best. Then I'm going to connect to my worth and say, that person didn't change, so I'm moving forward. If you stay mad at yourself and resentful at yourself, you stay stuck. And that is heavy. So first step is to look back. And... 
I really want you to get into the habit of looking back and asking yourself, why did that version of me feel like that was a good choice? How can I love that version of me? How can I love that younger version of me that made a really bad choice or is engaging in some really bad habits and have compassion for them? Once, and you know, the other thing too, rather than just looking back and thinking about it, I encourage you to actually write a letter to them. You know, write a letter to your younger self or even your the version of you a month ago or whatever it is. It doesn't matter how far back it is. Write a letter to them and tell them that you forgive them and you know that they were trying to do the right thing or do what was best for them and have compassion for that person and then empower them to start moving forward. And so it's okay, by the way, to have multiple versions of yourself. That's called growth. You know, you take what's good and you move forward. You take what isn't working and you drop that version of yourself and you let yourself go and evolve. And so looking back, you know, I really think is the first step. If, if something's happening to you right now that isn't working, that started somewhere. So look back on that, figure out why it started And then forgive yourself and have compassion for yourself. Soften your approach to yourself. So, you know, and then the second step is saying, well, what version am I right now? Or what version do I want to be? And a lot of times I have clients come to me and say things like, I have no idea why I did that. Why did I step out on a relationship? Why did I fall off the sobriety wagon? I have no idea why I did that. That's so ridiculous. And totally not within, you know, my personality or my values. I just can't believe it. And what I, what I tell people is that, you know, that version of you, like the version of you today can't really fathom what the version of you did a month, six months, a year, six years ago, whatever it is, because you've grown And your wants and needs are different. And so your perspective back then is different than your perspective today. So a lot of times we look back on choices we made and we cringe a little bit and we say, oh God, I don't even know why I would have done that. But that is such a flashing light for me, such an indicator that that's time to look back and give that version of you compassion and understanding. Because I truly believe at the time you did what you thought was best. And no, I mean, we're not proud of all the decisions we've made. And I'm not saying just, you know, make excuses and say that everything's okay. Take accountability where you need to. But at the same time, have some compassion for yourself and, you know, move forward empowered and saying, I learned from that. I'm not starting over. I'm starting with experience, right? So first and foremost, we've got to look back and decide why. Why were we doing that thing? Or why are we doing um, things that aren't working? And when did that start? Why? Have compassion for ourselves. And second of all, really commit to evolving and being in touch with your worth and your wants and your needs because that's really where the magic starts to happen. And I think accepting, starting to get comfortable with and accepting that there are multiple versions of you throughout your life. That's okay. You're not, you know, you're not 
backed into a corner on one set version. Those types of people, in my opinion, are the ones that don't grow because they just stay stuck and they don't evolve and try new things. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it takes a lot of accountability, a lot of going inward and, you know, and kind of saying, oh, okay, what wasn't working for me? Why was I doing that? And here's the thing. Growth isn't meant to become like this illusion that you're going to live a pain-free life. It's not meant to create like the new version of you isn't meant to create like this life free from struggle or, you know, making mistakes or pain. It's, it's meant to honestly help us recognize our pain. It's meant to teach us how to feel our pain, how to reflect on our pain and make sense of it and move through it in an empowered way, not a way that keeps you stuck. And so that's one of the hardest things you can do in this life is look back and say, I got to get rid of the version of me that was self-medicating. I got to get rid of and grow from the version of me that felt like that relationship was all I deserved. And it's kind of an exciting opportunity if you think about it. It's exciting to see what's going to happen next. Is it scary? Absolutely. It's the unknown. But it's also exciting. You don't have to do it. You get to do it. That's a There's a real big difference. You don't have to. You get to. And so think about your pain and your growth as like shedding layers, right? You face another version of yourself. When you commit to choosing growth, you commit to learning how to move through adversity, how to move through pain and embrace it rather than shielding yourself and staying stuck in it. Because when you kind of shield yourself or, you know, act like it's not happening, you stay stuck in it and that's not how you move forward. And I want you to remember that the more you emotionally invest in the wrong things, so for example, self-deprecation, self-sabotage, toxic relationships, feeling sorry for yourself, the less emotional availability you have to invest in the right things. Shame, my friends, is heavy. And you've got to decide how you want to show up for yourself during those moments of pain, during those moments where you kind of cringe at choices you made. You have an option here. You can soothe yourself. You can understand it. Learn to sit with yourself with that compassion I've been talking about. Or you can berate yourself. You can judge yourself. You can shame yourself. And here's the thing. The, the significance and where the magic happens is understanding that the relationship you have with yourself when you go through hard things is life changing, literally life changing. When you shame and berate yourself, it becomes, I mean, I would even say impossible to sit and move through those tough emotions. You just stay stuck because you want to just numb it out. You want to self-medicate. You want to you know, self-deprecate, do things that aren't healthy for you. So it becomes way more complicated because you're just consumed with this heaviness of shame, right? And it just keeps you pulled down. When you use that pain or that emotional experience to say um, things like, I need to discover why I did that. I need to figure out what I need to learn and feel rather than like just shaming yourself that's where you start to grow. So the more you can have pride in 
and actually honor where you are with compassion and love, the easier it is to move through the tough stuff and get to the other side. And the less, you know, or excuse me, the more you learn about yourself, what you need, how things make you feel, what you stand for, what you'll put up with, what you won't, the less you fear those big emotions. So those really tough things, those really big emotions that seem overwhelming, the more connected you are to yourself, the more you own what makes you you, the easier it is to move through things. And I've got news for you. That involves a version of you that's proud of who you are, that doesn't judge your emotions, that can hold space for yourself. So when we talk about holding space for a partner, we talk about that judgment-free zone and just listening. Give yourself the same gift. Stop judging what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what makes you anxious. Stop judging that and learn to accept that it's all a part of you and then learn to work within it. Create a relationship with yourself that feels powerful, that feels loving, that allows yourself to look at your pain, to think about your pain and say, this is what I need to do next. And that, my friends, is how you continue to create versions of yourself that feel good. You know, send the old version of you some love and light and let them know, thanks for doing the best you could, but we're going to grow from here. And, you know, I, I just think it's such an important lesson to think about. Don't forget, you, you don't have to stay stuck. Just because you've done something forever doesn't mean you need to keep doing it. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. So with that being said, I hope that helps. I hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend. Don't put too much pressure on the Valentine's Day stuff. Please don't. It's a Hallmark holiday. Celebrate it if you want to. I'd never take it away from anybody, but you are not less than if you're not celebrating it, okay? And and anyway, even if you are single, take it as a day to love yourself. Give yourself some extra love. Do something nice for yourself. It's okay. So in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and please don't forget to tell yourself that today's a perfect day to ask yourself, what's next? See you guys.